Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Gentlemen, it's a wonderful time to be alive. Wouldn't you agree? I'm here. ATSB's iHeart Media headquarters. It's a wonderful thing. Look at it. Look at it. iHeart Media. Come on, we walking. We walking. I'm getting ready to do a two-hour interview. I'm in Dallas. iHeart Media headquarters. This is not the kind of stuff you apply for. I say that on purpose. This is the kind of stuff that you qualify for. When you actually help people make a lot of money, and then of course when you make people a lot of money, it makes you money. The kid from Galveston, that's me, ATS. See it? Two-hour interview. And then later, I'll be doing a keynote for a bunch of NBA wives in Houston, Texas. So you get to see me a few times a day. I'm excited. Listen, if you out there, do whatever you gotta do, have it however you gotta have it. But focus on prosperity focus on building it for others don't worry about people who are not your customer everyone won't believe you but at the end of the day 
You be on Forbes and iHeartMedia. Deuces. Hey, Next Levelers, it's Bob Gibbons. I'm your host for today's episode of The Next Level Show. We're going to learn what works, what doesn't work in business, failures, successes. And today's guest is Antonio T. Smith, Jr. (sighs) (laughs) I had to get my own own sound effects. That's some (laughs) self-promotion right there. (laughs) So Antonio T. Smith, Jr., he is the founder and CEO of the ATS Jr. Companies based in Galveston, Texas. Uh, They have been around for many years and have around 50 employees, and you can find out more about them at the ATSJunior.com on the webs. And with us today also is Grace. What's your last name, Grace? Sandals. Sandals. Grace Sandals. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like there's a product in there somewhere. <laughs> and Deanna. And Deanna look, Mitchell. Mitchell. Excellent. <laughs> so Deanna is the publicist, and she makes Antonio look good and sound good and look smart and all the rest. Thank you very much. And Grace, now Grace, you have a more uh, an interesting title because you're director of sales, but something else. Yes, I am the happiness director as well. The happiness director. Happiness director. <laughs> I need to get me one of those. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Antonio, the ATS Junior Companies, what is that? If I ask you just Tell our listeners, what is that? What is it? Yeah, I can sum it up in just a few words. We make profitable clients more profitable. Okay. Now, that just depends on the client. For people like Les Brown, we have to make him relevant on YouTube and now then redefine him and then TV deals and stuff like that for software companies to do animation and for NASA, I can't even tell you about that. So I should even <laughs> tell me, but you have to tell me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so well, seriously, NASA's a client? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do some work with NASA through another company that just signed uh, some multi-million dollar contracts with them. Okay. Absolutely. So, all right. So you have all these clients and you make them more profitable, but can you be more specific? What does that really look like in, in practice? Yeah, sure. The Well, I, I guess it just depends. For... It's four basic rules, I, I would suppose. I teach people how to find where their congregation is. Okay. And then once you find where your congregation is, and that's where your customers and all this stuff like that, then I teach you how to follow their attention. And then once you follow their attention, I teach you how to jump in front of that attention. And then I teach you how to have a product to appease or to ease the pain of said attention. Okay. And I kind of operate around those four areas with every client customer there is because we all have someone congregating and they all have attention going somewhere we would like to come to us and then we need to sell to them that's what i do interesting so you're a marketing company on steroids ultimately (laughs) yeah 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 you can say marketing you can say marketing i got some other skill sets that that work (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah well i mean that that's kind of cool though because i i i like the way you the way you talk about finding your congregation yep so your tribe, your, you know, insert whatever synonymous word mm-hmm. goes there, your tribe, your people, your congregation. I, I like congregation. Um, follow their attention, yeah. wherever that might be. Jump in front of that attention and then find a product Absolutely. that you can sell to them that solves their need. It's Not the, just creating a product for the sake of creating a product, but something that's going to be 
what they need. Spot on. Absolutely. Now, I use the word congregation on purpose because when you think about a congregation, it's a bunch of people that have nothing in common, but then they get in common on a set of ideas and beliefs. Okay. And that's really what I teach people and clients that you have to find because everything's changed. Like Netflix is using psychographics, not yeah. not demographics. Harley Davidson. You, know, you can have a dentist riding a Harley or a biker riding a Harley and a soccer mom riding a Harley. It doesn't matter, right? It's all about psychographics. I and mean, that's why I use the word congregation. A bunch of people have nothing in common. And all of a sudden, on a set of ideas and beliefs, they get stuff in common. And then, my favorite part, they freely donate to whatever they have in common. I love that part. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, that's kind of a cool idea, though, because I, I like that people come together of their own free will. Yep. So they're being attracted by something. So you're so how do you find a congregation? Great question. I've never been asked that one. I in, I instinctively know it through a skill set in the army, I was military intelligence and my job was to find where the enemy was congregating at and I had to use three different what they call accesses of approach. And when I got out the army, all I knew I do is drink beer, play space and kill people. And I was trying to figure out what the heck do I do with these skills, right? I don't know what to do with these. And then it dawned on me three years later after I you know, was a freaking loser. It dawned on me, you know, I could do the same thing I did for the Army for clients. So I find people's congregation by simply finding, all right, what are the three best ways that your product is going to be out here and who the heck likes it? And once I find out who the heck likes it, then I love to go to people's reviews and look at the one-star reviews and look at all that pain. Because forget the five-star reviews. Who cares about that? It's the one and two. These people have something to say, right? They had they you when you leave a one-star review, you got plenty to say. And they always give you all that information. So I use those psycho analytic stuff the army taught me to find this stuff out. you know you sound like my wife because she cracks me up because whenever we go look at reviews i go to the five stars because i want to see all the good things about what i'm going to experience when i go to <laughs> the airbnb or the whatever yeah. right no she goes to the one stars that's it they got <laughs> and, something to say that yeah and, and i mean in a way it's really smart and, and i now find myself going to the one stars to kind of see what that is first and balancing that with, and of course, you got to put those in balance, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So if you have three one stars and five hundred five stars, then you yeah. got to take that into account. You can't please some people. No, in fact, that's maybe the most money ever. Learning how not to chase people who are not my customer. Once I figured that out, my income exploded. It's it is a shame to chase people who would never buy from you. Yeah, because they're not your congregation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> they're not your congregation. Yeah, if you're if, if you're from a uh, if you're from a different denomination, ah, look at it. Let's work on it, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we we it's funny because we we tend to judge each other uh, without knowing much about each other. I, I had somebody one time ask me what denomination I belong to, and I told him, and he's like, "Oh, are you guys still legalists?" Mm. And I was like, "Hmm, well, I don't think we really ever were. Although there are people in the con- denomination who." are mm. like in everyone mm-hmm. and he's like well but yeah you you guys were really little real legalistic about this and this and this and i was like well we tend to judge each other out of ignorance yeah and uh um, and that's the truth yeah it's, and we do that in all kinds of congregations oh, not yeah. just actual church congregations yeah, yeah. but we do that based on every other way to define people that exist but we can't wait to do it we, we're excited to do it in fact if we judge you first and then now it makes us relevant to have the hot gossip and tell our other people. So now we're cool 
because we're talking bad about you. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. But so sucks. In, in your order of things, though, the product comes last. Yeah. It always should come last. So how do I find a congregation if I don't know the product? That's a, You know what? That is how business is working today, though. The way business is working today is the product comes only because people are dying for it and don't even know it. The, the Facebook didn't exist because, oh, I mean, I got a great idea. I want to make people, you know, show their face on Facebook and date or whatever. It was like I'm in college and people are like, man, we want to be connected. So let me figure out how to do that and what they like. And then, oh, by the way, here's this product after all these steps I just took. The most successful Amazon, same way. The most successful companies are building their product last because they're building the trust. Because if they know you, they'll follow you. If they trust you, they'll buy from you. They're building the trust and all those finding your attention first. Then the product comes next. So, and those products change over time. They I mean, should. Amazon doesn't look anything like it no. did when it started. Same with Facebook. Same with so many other things. I think Amazon is the smartest company out. And I say that, and I know that's a very bold statement, because I mean, there's some. I mean, I love Elon Musk is my hero, but Amazon, Jeff Bezos has this way of staying disruptive. Mm-hmm. He continue. He's he's too big to be disrupted. It doesn't make sense. He's his company is too big. He shouldn't be jumping market shares, and he should be out of business by another small company by now. But he keeps on buying disruptive companies and then saying, hey, stay disruptive. Stay there. We're just going to own you. Kind of like Warren Buffett. And it keeps him, man, relevant. And then obviously, number one, except for the divorce he's going through. Yeah. Sorry about that one. <laughs> you know, the, the one thing that surprises me about Amazon is that they're not, they're not in pharmaceuticals that I know of anyway, meaning prescription drugs. Yeah. I haven't seen them get into that, but I got to believe that's coming. Yeah, it makes sense. That they're, makes sense. I didn't even think about that. I know for sure they're going to jump in artificial intelligence in a major way. And I mean, they're already there when you think about, you know, the way you shop on them, but they have to jump in there because it's, it's virtual reality, artificial intelligence, Gary V is screaming voice everywhere. He's right about that, by the way. They're definitely going to jump in artificial intelligence, robots, self-driving cars. I would. They got drones. That's exactly what I would do. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we already have artificial intelligence in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Alexa and all those things that you talk to that supposedly do things for you, that's AI to yeah, some definitely, extent. Definitely. Uh, they still freak me out a little bit. I, I don't have – I actually got an uh, one of those Echo Dots, whatever they are, kind of like Alexa, I guess. Or you talk to Alexa. Is Alexa yeah, inside the Echo Dot, I think? I think so. So anyway, we, we haven't – connected it outstanding yet. you're a smart man the government's not watching you good job <laughs> exactly <laughs> so um so let's go back real quick you said sure. you were in the army yeah definitely from 2000 2004 i was well, at the time i was a 96 uh, bravo 2 which is a sergeant in military intelligence intelligence analyst i think they changed the codes now i was homeless from 6 to 18 and i got adopted at 14 and out of CPS custody, it's kind of weird, but that's the way it worked. And I scored really high on the ASVAB, I believe a 78 or something. And I had no parents. I had no anything. And I get in there, I scored this 78 on the ASVAB. And this, and they got this called GT score, like an IQ. It's like 124, I mean 134. One day I was researching military titles and what their responsibilities are. And... I know most of you are probably thinking, why don't you just use incognito mode? Well, let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider 
can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter if you get your internet from Verizon, Comcast, or AT&T. ISPs in the U.S. can legally sell your information to ad companies. Well, ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through your secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. And most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background and is so easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, from your phones to your computers, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com secret, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash secret. Expressvpn.com slash secret to learn more. And like, hey, you want to be military intelligence? Didn't even know it existed. So this is just like the entrance exam to get in, into the, the army? The entrance exam to get in. I scored off the charts. They made me a spy. Wow. Yeah, I spent my whole four years doing that to the point. I've got a lot of skill sets. You probably don't want to go hand-to-hand combat with me. Well, I grew up on Army Post myself. Oh, there it is. My, my dad yeah. is a retired uh, um, Army officer. Oh, okay. Lieutenant Good. Colonel, but... He was the one in the Army, not me. That's who I reported to. I only reported to the Lieutenant Colonel. Well, cool. All right. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back after these messages. Sweet. Welcome back. We're talking to Antonio T. Smith, Jr. with the ATS Junior Companies and uh, also with Deanna and Grace. Y'all haven't been talking much so far. (laughs) <laughs> we'll get him to talk. I want after you know we're going to keep talking to Antonio, but I want y'all to jump in at any moment that you find a way to either tell me he's full of it, or you can you know add a little color or do something to sort of poke a little fun at him. Disclaimer: I'm always full of it. So, so, you <laughs> okay. <know. laughs> so so you are an Army intelligence mm-hmm. analyst. And I mean, are you like down in a bunker somewhere, going <laughs> over papers, or what? You, you know what? If you, if you I know Google you can't really me, tell me. Well, I, I had a top secret security, top secret security clearance, SCI, secret compartmentalized information. Read on, but I got shell shocked right after the army. I didn't know what to do. So if you try to find me an internet trail for me from 2004 to 2009, you won't. I literally fell off the grid and was one of those tinfoil hat dudes. I'm not lying at all. I'm seriously not lying. In fact, the Army still makes me go see a therapist today about every three to six months because of the crazy stuff I had to do for the Army, and my head went all loopy. So, yeah, it's cool to talk about, but they messed me up pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now, it sounds like your upbringing wasn't exactly normal. No, it wasn't. So you you alluded to this earlier, but you said that you were homeless from 6 to 18, but you got adopted at 14. Crazy people adopted me at 14. I was bad. I was really, really bad. I gave them hell. And I bought my first car at 14. That didn't come from a job. 
And then I they got mad at me, so I sold it that same day just to prove a point. Like I can do what I want, you know. And I sold it for a thousand dollars more than what I bought it for, and, and it was just terrible. I was terrible to them. I was terrible. I didn't even know any concept about God until I got adopted. I had no I had no idea. But from six to fourteen, I had no parents, no nothing. And you weren't in the foster care system. I ran away from the foster care system from Abertine Yeager Center in Galveston. There was some abusive things going on, and I was—I'm a pretty—I've always been a fighter. I don't take stuff like that too well, you know. So I—I I ran away, been arrested for truancy, which is in Texas. That's when you miss school because you're a kid. You're supposed to be in school, right? <laughs> all yeah, that but you're stuff. not getting any points for being a badass if you're all you got is truancy. Bad, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. I'm sorry. All I got is truancy and but some other stuff. But I'm guessing if you lived on the streets from 6 to 14, you weren't uh, – that wasn't the most no. interesting thing that you had going on. No, no. If you if you want to check out my jail record, you can. It's public. <laughs> but – but no, it, it was the most interesting thing that I had going on was trying to figure out how to eat. That was the most interesting thing. That made me an entrepreneur. I mean, my first legal business was at 14. But I was selling fake insurance. I was moving packages. You name it, buddy. I was, look, whatever I had to do to eat, that's what I was going to do. So what was your first legit business? My first legit business was a recording label because, you know, come on, it's 90s, right? Everybody was a rapper. So wait a minute, you're 14, you're starting a recording label? Absolutely. In fact, Actually, that same recording label ended up making me famous, and I was on iTunes. I, I sold 100,000 copies of an album, got a distribution deal, and if you look up Paper the Ghost, P-A-Y, now don't, P-A-Y. I'm cussing on there, okay, all right, P-A-Y-P-A, and then The Ghost, you'll find me on iTunes in 2007 You're before also it was YouTube. relevant. Yes. I found, <laughs> I found one on YouTube last night. Because, I mean, I'm reading them up on you, and I'm like, paper the ghost? What in the heck? And so I pull it up, and, I, and you're, I mean, i got to believe it's you. I have no reason not to believe it's, it's, it's you. Me. And uh, it's you're in there me. rapping like a crazy man. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely me. And that, now, what's that with paper? Company. What is that? I was a paper-chasing G, right? I was chasing money. Ah, <laughs> That's okay. what it was. Yeah, so paper-chasing records. I, I actually did that. It's funny to talk about because oh man, I was. But what can a fourteen-year-old do in the real in, in the uh, recording business? How do you how do you start your own label at fourteen? Oh man, I owned everything. I had, which actually, you know what? This is a perfect time to throw an alley oop to Diana because she was a singer on there. Oh, so you tell. So me. you were like a backup to paper. <laughs> 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 I was actually one of his female solo artists. Oh, so you were an artist on the label? Yes, sir. Okay. So, what was your? You were you a rapper too, or were you something else? No, I I just I, I wouldn't rap. That I knew my lane. My lane was not rapping. My lane was singing. And I actually met Antonio in high school, uh, my sophomore year. His was it junior or senior year? I don't even know. It's a long time ago. Long time ago. Um, when I came back around because we, his best friend is a, a good friend of mine. He told me about the record label and I was like, oh, okay. So I got involved. He actually had, there's a poet that he was friends with, uh, him and his wife at the time they came down because I was, I was a developing artist. I was writing my own music, but I was in confidence. So, and I was in confident in my voice. So he actually 
brought them down. Like, I don't know. I don't ask questions, but I just know he brought them down to train me, to help me, (laughs) to train me, to help me with my vocals, to help me with my writing. And it was it was pretty awesome. I I grew. I didn't go far, but I grew. (laughs) I'm sure it was a great experience either way. It really was. It really was. I. One thing about Antonio that I have picked up on in every time I've come across this path, and this is like the third time, and this time I told him, I said, you stuck with me. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> is he, everybody he works with, he believes in you. He always tells you, if you don't believe in yourself, just believe in my belief until you believe in yourself. And the first, the first time I met him was in high school. The second time was with the label, and then this time around, and I told him, I said, okay, if you say I can do it, I'm going to do it. So you stuck with me. <laughs> nice. But the the label, I when I met him, he was always doing something, always doing something. And the label, I, to this day, I like I said, I don't ask questions, but when I walked in, he had it set up. He had the mics, the studio, the equipment. He had everything set up, and I, I don't ask so, questions. <laughs> so how does that happen, though? I mean, at 14 years old, you don't really – do you do you have the knowledge? Do you have the money? I mean, because to buy studio time, I mean, they don't give that away for free. Yeah, I had the knowledge because I was grew, grew up on the streets. I didn't have the money, but I knew how to make money. Oh. So what I did, I tell you exactly how I funded it. I bought some blank CDs, right? Because this is the nineties, and caught the deal hundred pack for nine ninety nine because that's what Office Depot does. Of course, and I start selling CDs for a dollar. So you record them in the studio. Record, I built my own studio. Okay. I, knew, I knew how to build computers, and I had this $45 Radio Shack condenser mic and no headphones. So, <laughs> so you would hit the beat while I'm rapping. It was crazy. And then, of course, I could afford headphones later. But just putting out that music, and everybody, I would stand outside of Walmart, which had Walmart and Gallison. It's like 3,000 people come through the door. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. And per hour. And I literally sold 6,000 copies in a day and then eventually sold 100,000 copies. Now, I'm, I'm sitting up here 17, 18 years old with $100,000. It was over. It was, it was done for it. <laughs> I had some groupies and I had some money. <laughs> <laughs> what else would you want? <laughs> right? <laughs> but, I mean, that's sort of the FUBU or, uh, um same yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Damon John, he makes these things, and then he just goes out on the streets and starts selling them. I've been doing it, I've been doing it ever since. When I first got into real estate – I had a 397 credit score. That is not a joke. That is not a joke. I had a 397 credit score because I was never talking about credit. And I had no money again because I was coming out the Army. And I started just doing what they now call creative financing. To me, it was just making money. Right? I, I, I bought my first house by asking the owner. Actually, no. I taught, I taught you this way. I went to the green sheet, a little free newspaper, and I saw someone doing it for sale by owner need $2,500. Okay, then. I got me $2,500. And then I found the renter first. And I plugged that renter. I said, hey, you like this house? I sure do. So I, boom, went for sale by owner with the house, put the renter in, and that was my first deal. Nice. Yeah, just like that. I never used my money, never used my credit, but I was hungry. Always better to uh, to, to buy a cash-flowing asset than one that's not that's it i cash flow 353 dollars a month off of that one in fact that's really the definition of an asset it's something that generates income instead of taking your income that's all robert kiyosaki would agree with that too 
Well, and in fact, it's funny because I have a good friend who's a mortgage broker, and she and I have this ongoing argument because she says that your house that you live in is your biggest asset. That is not. And I was like, no, no, no. It's not an asset because it's, it's taking money from me. Facts. It's not feeding me money. And she'll never agree with me on that. Yeah, but, it's uh, also keeping me a debt slave. That's why I don't have a job. If you have, if you have a mortgage. That's yeah. True. yeah. Yeah, and that's usually that. the, the biggest way people get into debt. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. So I, by the way, I love the fact that you're a big no-debt guy. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I have I have debt because it's the only way capitalism works. But I have no debt that other people don't pay for. So as long as someone else is paying for my debt, okay. I got it. Okay. But as far as debt, no, nah, I don't have that. I don't. I don't do that. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of Dave Ramsey, so I'm very yeah. much in favor of no debt. No for debt. you personally. That's right. You might have some debt for a business venture. Right. Exactly. But not for personal. Mm-hmm. So no car debt. No none of that. Even no house debt if you can help it. None all of that. that. So. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we were definitely in debt. And uh, <laughs> and my worst year ever was in 2007. I made less money in 2007 than I'd made in the previous 15 or 20 years. Wow. And that's when my wife says, hey, I got this great idea. No debt. I'm like, what? I mean, this is not the time. I'm not, <laughs> do you realize how little we have? What I didn't know is she was actually out pawning stuff at a, in the pawn shop. Wow. Old jewelry of herself just to raise cash. Ooh, but she crush. saved me from that humiliation. Yeah. She didn't tell me that for a long time. But we still went on the no debt plan and got out of debt, and thank God we did. Dave Ramsey, the rock star, man. I love his snowball effect. That's the best. That's thing ever. the greatest thing I've ever heard, to be honest with you. If anybody could, you know, getting out of debt is just a discipline, it doesn't take talent. That's, you know, that's a good way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just working the plan. That's it. Yeah, we've it. we've led the uh, the financial peace university program in our church a couple of times. Nice, and uh, and it's it's amazing to see how people get empowered yeah. in life. You talk about you know being uh, if somebody's a a slave to anything, it's a slave to debt That's because right. they they can't control it, and they got to have the, all the same stuff that everybody else has. Well, it's the new. We can keep it real on your show, right? Okay, it's the new slavery. Absolutely, <laughs> it used to be. It used to be okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you pay for everything, and then I'm gonna pay. No, I'm gonna pay for all your stuff. But now it's like, no, I'm not paying for your food. I'm gonna pay you. Go out there. I own you. And then yeah. Have you had a successful career selling to businesses? Maybe tired of having your income limited by arbitrary compensation plans that penalize you for selling more. If so, you should consider tenant representation, a specialty within commercial real estate. At Riata Commercial Realty Inc. We represent companies and nonprofits that occupy office buildings and warehouses. There is no limit on income, and the more you produce, the higher percentage you keep. If selling houses at night and on weekends sounds good to you, don't call us. But if you want to work business hours, have unlimited income, and leverage the relationships you already have, we want to talk to you. Please visit us at TexasTenantRep.com. That's Texas, T-E-X-A-S, Tenant. T-E-N-A-N-T, rep, R-E-P, dot com. Hey, Next Levelers, Bob Gimmons here again, talking to Antonio T. Smith of the ATS Junior Companies. Check him out online at theatsjr.com. So we were talking about death be- uh, debt before. Yeah, slavery used to be that I'm going to pay for you, period. Everything. Everything you do, I'm going to pay for you. In exchange for me paying for your food and giving you a place to stay, I own you. And all the money you generate is mine because that's how it works. Mm-hmm. And that's slavery. In fact, and if you're having a hard time imagining that, just think of African-American slavery in America. Now, they don't care about color. 
at all. They will enslave <laughs> your Anglo-Saxon self right now. They're they, doing it. They, they do care about color, but it's green. That's true. That's, that's, <laughs> the that's true. Now slavery is different. Slavery now says, well, I tell you what, I ain't paying for nothing. I'm not paying for your job. I'm not paying for your house. I'm not paying for your food. You're going to pay for all that, and I still own you. And 90% of the money you make is mine. It's the same thing. We just flipped it. We just flipped it to a working class slavery. <laughs> and now you're stuck at some stupid place that's telling you take lunch at this time. And you know what? You make $9 an hour, buddy, because that's your value, right? It's, it's crazy, man. So that's we flipped it because – Capitalism works best that way. Now you're you're a big um, um, self empowerment. Absolutely, don't work for anybody else. Work for yourself, kind of guy. Unless you're gonna let, unless you're gonna work for someone else and bust a Dave Ramsey and then buy your way out from working for them, I'm all for that. Okay, so work extra jobs to get yourself out of that slavery of debt. But once you're out of that slavery of debt, never go back. And do what? You do group economics. That's group economics is the best. It's, it's, it is the original way we've done everything. If you think about you brought up church, if you think about the Hebrews, God said, I right, separate yourself and do all this great stuff. But that was group economics. Feed yourself, learn to help yourself, marry yourself. Now that you got yourself together, go out and help your brothers and sisters. Now that you got all that community together, now go help the world. That's group economics. Your money should bounce around your community 16 times before it leaves out, period. It shouldn't be no reason that a church should have people with no jobs. That makes no sense. It is, I'm not, now someone's like, eh, socialism. I'm not saying socialism. I'm saying group economics. We help each other because it just makes everything better. And you profit off each other so no one is actually, I got plenty to say about that. I'm going to be quiet right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the step number seven in, in the Dave Ramsey snowball is uh, to grow your money and give it away. That's it. And so step seven is I'm out of debt. I've got all my needs taken care of, and now I'm going to give to others. That's right. And places that need it. It comes back. It's a universal law. In my case, we so you've got Deanna here, my publicist, and my sales director right here. We do everything group economics, everything. I had to convince them. I had to train them for like four years because they like, I don't know if they make you famous and all that stuff like that, right? But there is no suffering. No, What's, what's the number one rule we got? No one suffers alone. No one suffers alone. It is the number one rule in my organization. And, of course, you're going to love the number two rules. There are no rules. But don't worry about that. <laughs> so what, why would that be your first rule? Um, I, I grew up homeless, right? And I was by myself for eight, nine years suffering completely alone. No birthdays. No anything. I mean, in this trash can. Trying to survive. If adult had anything to say to me, it was how bad I was. It was no help, you know, nothing like that from being molested, being raped as this 54 pound kid. I was left all alone. So I promise when I grow up and make it, I wouldn't put people in that position. So it's, it's core for me. And what's funny is speaking of religion again, I view God that way. You know how you how you grow up is how you perceive God, as for me, God is this adopting father, just adopting people, 
into his family, right? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I see it that way psychologically. This is a good way to see it. And everyone see it their own, their own way, you know, to each his own. But we're all right. But that's just the way I see it, and that's the way I do my company. Interesting. So let's talk about the company again. So you you do consulting for these companies you mentioned. Yep. Um, and you're doing a lot of marketing kind of stuff. Yep. What are the products that you guys are selling then? So I'm when you get down to those number four items, uh, yep. what is your product you're selling? The most transparent answer I can give, and I've never given it on any radio station, is you have to understand that real power is felt, not seen. So if you see it, it's not what I actually do. It's just one of these smart things I learned from the hood, right? Real power is felt, not seen. So if you see me on stage, if you see me on Bob's Next Level Radio, right? If you see that, that's not what I actually do. What I actually do is I have a slew of products you don't see. And you get drafted into my community, and then there's all these things that we sell. And that's how I actually make my real money. Okay. And what are those things? One of the biggest things is called the ATS Business University. Since I figured out how to become a millionaire, I now teach lower and middle class people how to become millionaires through six to seven live trainings a week, two-hour trainings. We just got finished one on the way to here. And... What I also do, what I just changed it, is now that you're learning business, sales, and marketing, now that you're learning how to do that, I'm actually now paying people to do that. Uh-huh. Say what? Yeah. You're paying people to come to your university. I'm paying people to come to my university. Well, aren't you supposed to charge people to come to university? <laughs> you know, I, I charge some people to come to my university as well. Yes. What so I'm Some basically- are char- being charged and some are getting it for free or actually being paid. Well, everyone pays to get in. I created a money-making opportunity. That if you refer, I kind of borrowed from multi-level marketing. Okay. If you refer, then you can get paid. Okay. Yep. And you get paid more. And it's a lifetime. Every membership is a lifetime membership. One payment, no upsells. You're here for life. And you can will it and sell it to your children. And is this a, um, a university where I've got to go down to Galveston to attend? Worldwide. We do Zoom. It is in Galveston because that's where my principal office is. But it's worldwide. We have people, I don't even know where, just in countries that I haven't even been to yet. And we do Zoom calls. And we also, and we let you download everything and keep it as well. So there's recorded videos and training sessions, and then there's also live. We do live, and those lives become the okay. recordings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, why Galveston, by the way? You you know, they, they have hurricanes down there. I know, right? I know. I, it, 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 the crazy thing is, I just, I just won't leave. For some reason, I'm just there. I got a technology company that I should probably go to Silicon Valley and do it's it's my number one thing that has my net worth it's super sky high. I should probably go there, but I won't because I don't like being like everybody else. Galveston is surrounded by a bunch of wounded cities, and I see opportunity. I see a bunch of cities that need help, need leadership, and I see that nobody's doing it, so I'm buying it all up. It's kind of what I'm doing. Hmm. Yeah. But you're from Galveston originally. From Galveston, right? seven seven five five zero. From Galveston. So it's uh, so it's sort of inertia, but it's also you feel like there's a mission there. It's, it's, it's definitely definitely a mission there. Galveston has this attitude that I wish I can change, but I haven't changed it yet. It's like a cul-de-sac. Since it's an island, since it's the only, since it's the last place in Texas, 
after that, you're going to be in Cuba if you go past it, right? Well, not in that direction. (laughs) (laughs) You might have a little geography lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. But you, you, besides the geography lesson, you do that. It's like once you get past 45 and and Baybrook area, which is South Houston, information just stops. It's like people, it's like the smart people, the bobs go, you know, I'm not going down there. I'm going to just do a U-turn, go back up to Houston and make this money. And we have nothing. The The city is all tourism and it's high class, low class. But the truth is we, ah, we're such crabs in a bucket. You got a medical school. It's good. Now the medical school is good. It is top of the world. Good. It really is. Yeah, it is good. We do have that. And biggest employee in Galveston. Oh, is it really? Yes. The biggest employer in Galveston and the second one will be the insurance company called American National. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Insurance. And then the prison. Yeah. The, I didn't know there was a prison down well, there. Well, it's, it's medical. So it's TDC. TDC has a medical branch part of it. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, why, so, so in your business, a big part of what you do also is uh, speaking. Yep. So where do you speak? Who do you speak to? What's your message when you're speaking? Message changes. Now, the core of my message is we're all connected. That's never going to that's never going to stop. But I never repeat keynotes. I speak 400 times a year. It's strategic for me also. That's what you see. Right. Real power is felt, not seen. You don't feel me speaking. You see me speaking. Therefore, it's lead generation. My email list is two point two point four million people big because I speak that much. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I don't even have service that I can hold in. I have to get some tech guy smarter than me to build it. I speak all over the world. I'll be in Mumbai next in front of 2,000 people, also being awarded for top 101 leadership and developmental minds. I probably got that wrong. Did I, you got it right. I got it right. Okay, good. I get that Thumbs award. Thumbs up for the publicist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't screw it up. Exactly. You know, I've, I've got to speak for some NBA wives and NBA players and a bunch of real estate investors or agents to, tonight right after I leave here in Houston. So I speak everywhere, but the keynotes always change. I always ask people, what can I, what do you want your crowd to take away? And then I tie in what I know and my principles around that. But I never repeat keynotes because too many people follow me to do that. Yeah. You don't want to sound like the broken record. It's kind of like when you see a comedian, it's disappointing when you just hear all the same jokes you already know. It's it's the number one problem What's wrong with my industry. Most people would classify me as a motivational speaker or, or some sort of speaker. That's the number one problem. The people who changed our world, you know, the people that we know, I don't want to call names, you go on YouTube and you hear them and you love them. And when you go see them in person, they say the same thing they just said on YouTube. It's the number one problem with motivational speaking. And first off, motivational speaking is a bunch of crap. Don't 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 lift me up and I don't know what to do. Give me the tools. Right? Give me the tools so I can get some stuff done. So you're spot on with that. We need to we need to find a better way to give people more value. Yeah, I you know those those motivational days. Like there's one that comes to Dallas or used to come to Dallas. And you have the entire day, like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., and they have all these people lined up to motivate you and get you excited. And f- in fact, I think it was called Get Motivated. I went to it one year, yep. and it was funny because interspersed with that were all these opportunities for you to spend a heck of a lot of money yep. for some program. And uh, anyway, I never bought the program. All right, one more break. We'll be right back. We are back talking to Anthony. Anthony, what am I saying? Antonio. I guess it could be Anthony it if could I be. It you could know, be. Englishized it. Yeah, yeah, that's it, you know. <laughs> Antonio T. Smith Jr., the ATSJR companies, theatsjr.com. So who is your ideal client? 
Wow, okay. I have two of them I built out. It is Mike and Julie. Julie is a professional woman that values personal development over money, that has a five-figure business, and wants to influence the world. Mike is a former athlete that has coached some people and has got a little taste of it. He's really loving it, wants more. He also values personal development over money and wants to also change the world. So now both of those are individuals. Yes. Those are not the NASA's and the companies and the NBA and some of the other names you've mentioned earlier. You know what? I'm Yes, great, because I don't believe in B2B. I think B2B, although I have a B2B podcast, all sorts of stuff, but it doesn't make sense because at the end of the day, B2B is just B2C because there's still a Mike and Julie that I got to talk to. And that's why I end up talking to NASA's or whoever it may be because of my ideal client draws me to them. And, of course, that five-figure business part kind of makes you somewhat profitable, which also tells you I'm not trying to deal with non-profitable people. There's an ideology there that I don't have time for. Okay. So, Grace, whenever you have identified that client, you're the director of sales. How do you find them and approach them? I get their information. I call them up, tell them who I am, and I start asking questions all about them. I just tell them a brief, to give a brief introduction of who I am, what company I'm with, and ask them questions about why they would <clears throat> want to come and be a part of us and ask the main thing we ask. He calls it digging deep. So the main thing I ask them, I would ask you, what are three pain points that you're struggling with in, in your business or in your life? Okay. So you're not trying to sell something no. first? No. Because if I if I if I get you on the phone and say, Hey, I'm with the ATS Business University and then we have this, this and this, you're gonna hang up on me in the first five seconds. Yeah, probably if you get that much. Right. But if I, <laughs> yeah. right, right. But if I tell you, Hi, my name is Grace, I'm a happiness director with the ATS JR companies, I'm not a salesperson. I just wanna make you happy and get you to the highest expression of yourself, you may stay on the phone for a little bit. So you don't you never tell anybody you're director of sales, you tell them you're the happiness director. Yes. Well, because she is now, because I just I did the change. She doesn't sell anymore, and she doesn't sell anymore. We have sellers or closers. All they do is just make people happy on the phone. That's it. Okay. Yeah, more like prospecting. That's it. You know, the uh, it's been fun to watch the changing titles in companies, <laughs> and some people have the craziest titles. I. I love them. I, I I wish I could think of one for myself because I'm just not interesting enough. I've, I've seen someone say, or either online or on TV, that they are the chief happiness officer. Yeah, yeah, those kinds of things I'm talking about. It's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of cool. I, I like it. Um, so, Antonio, you talked about um, the 40 hour work week is BS. It is. What, why is that? What is it you're trying to say with that? They working 40 hours, Bob. They not. I, you know, I thought I'm, you know, I'm so intense. I'm like, Hey, work, work, work. They're not doing it. I, I, I understand in my company, two o'clock, nine to two, I'm gonna get that after two, after they eat, it's over, really. It's really over. Now, if they eat 12, 1, 2-ish, you know, maybe I can starve them to 4 p.m., something like that. But, no, after they eat, they start working on other things. So what I've done, and my, I dropped it down to about 20 weeks. We still work 40 hours a week, but I've done this here. They understand from 9 to, is it 2? Is it, is it two, 9 to 2, it's all us. 
after that, then I flip and help them build their own personal businesses because they all have businesses. So from the rest from two to six or two to seven or whatever, however, however long they work, it's all about their business now in the same office. And I help them do their graphics, do their websites or anything like that. Yeah, I, I, it's so, worked so out. You, your employees basically work five hours for you yep. and three hours or whatever for themselves. Right, exactly. And, and yeah, and in some of those hours, there's a training call that we do, two-hour training call. So we're not working on anything but those training calls. So it's really about three and three when you actually break it down. <clears throat> and so why are you doing that? Why do you try so hard to help them in a business of their own? From my experience, the more you help others live their dreams is the more you live yours. From my experience, from analyzing the harvest that has come back at me, the more I'm not selfish is the more that I get to win. So if you help them build their business, aren't they just going to turn around and leave you if it's successful? You know what? I thought that. I had, you know, you got the big mind and the little mind. I thought that, but they don't because when you treat people right, they don't leave because actually once they leave you, they got to go to the matrix, right? It, it, they, they go out there and everyone else is being selfish and everyone else is telling what they can't do. Then they come back and they're like, man, I didn't get that in here, but I do get it out there. And there's always that contrast of how I treat people versus, or at least how I treat them versus when they go out. So I don't really have that problem. So are you guys comfortable telling us what your side businesses are? Sure. Okay. I have a business. It's, uh, it's called Go Figure. It's geared towards students, um, school-age children, school students, parents, teachers, and adults who are going back to school. <clears throat> but it's geared towards math. For 11 years, I was a middle school math teacher. Oh. And I saw the problems that students, parents, and teachers had. And also a friend of mine who said, I'm interested in going back to school. I'm just terrified of math. Can you help me? I said, okay, light bulb came on. So I help people. I help those categories or anybody in general who just wants to learn more about math, the basics of math, not that trigonometry calculus stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's a limit, right? Yes, there is a limit. But, you, to, you know, because a lot of times if, you know, if, when I say the word, I tell people, yeah, I love math. Yeah, you know, you'll get that. You yeah. get that. Oh, no, nah, no. Nah, so, nah. is this like an online platform? Is it individual coaching? What, what, what does that look like? It, it will be online platform. Um, okay. I, I don't want to say too much because I got some things in the works. Sure. Um, but I'm, I'm helping. I help my first client, and he homeschools his children, and I am teaching them math yeah. as of now. But it'll be a product. Cool. Uh, when it's well, you know, the homeschool uh, is huge in Texas. We homeschooled our kids when they were growing up. They're grown and gone now, but. Okay. But, uh, yeah, there's a huge population of people. Texas is the promised land for homeschooling. Yep, I homeschool my kids. Oh, you do? Okay. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was amazing. And, uh, and there's so many co-ops and, and ways for people to get curriculum. We used to go to a, a, a curriculum fair, a book fair, mm-hmm. uh, every August, I think it was. Uh, no, I'm sorry, it was in May. And it was here in Arlington in the DFW area. And, and there were, like, 300 uh, vendors there selling different curriculum for all kinds of things, for math, for English, for foreign languages, for science. I mean, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, that, that's a huge huge market you're, you're tapping into. All right, Deanna, are you open? name of my company is the DeMarie Group. We're a PR firm. Say that again? The DeMarie Group. DeMarie, okay. We're a PR firm, and currently my clients consist of Antonio T. Smith, Jr., and the ATSGR companies, 
Grace Sandals and Go Figure, and Tempest S. Smith with Nonprofits RS. Okay, so you're promoting all of those. Yes, sir. So are you actually an employee of AT- the ATS Junior Companies as well, or is the, and that's a side gig, or is are they all? It's, it's I've actually... How, how it's actually intertwined into the ATSJR companies. I I decided when he was helping us build our businesses, I was like, okay, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want employees. I don't want products. I don't want any of that. I just want to work for you. He was like, okay, so what you want is a micro business. And I still fought him on that because I'm like, okay, but you, you, I still hear products. He was like, no, I'm your product. I am determined to be rich. The middle class is not for me. I need news that cares about me. And not news that's going to scare me or make me mad at another people. I need news without politics. And I want news that will point me to the money. This is the news where it happens. The moments that change the world. These are the stories we need. The info that we care about. We only give you news that puts money in your pocket. And the news that gives us an advantage. This is the work that continues. Who we are today. And what we can become. Tomorrow. That's it. This is where news without agendas can lead us. Your wealth matters. This is why more perspectives make us stronger. And how our mission can inspire tomorrow. This is journalism that helps the world we live in. This is Mexit News. I was like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> so I am actually intertwined into the ATS Jericho. Yeah, from a bean counter perspective, I pay her a salary. And then when she generates her own salary, that's her money. I don't touch it. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of cool that you want everybody to own Absolutely. what they do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny. I, back to Dave Ramsey, he says, if I could find a way to pay the receptionist based on production, I would do it. Because wow. mm-hmm. he doesn't want to pay people to show up. You know, in my business in real estate – Nobody gets paid to show up. Mm-mm. You only get paid if you produce something. Yep. You close a deal. Now there's income that I can then, we can all share. Yep. But until there's something that actually generated some revenue, nobody gets anything. Mm. And uh, and so that Dave says he'd love to do that even for the receptionist. He just had never figured that out. <laughs> but it sounds like you're, you're kind of, in a way, doing that because yeah. it's like, hey, this part of the day is mine. That part of the day is yours. Absolutely. But I'm still helping you, so we're still doing this together. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I did her logo. My business partner, Tempest, as Smith, as she mentioned, did her website. Yeah, we. it's all group economics. All right. So speaking of uh, new things and uh, people starting new things, I understand you have a book coming out. Yeah, great plug. Appreciate you. February 5th. <laughs> I don't even know the name of it. I can't plug it. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to plug it. I'm going to plug it. Self-promotion. Les Brown wrote the foreword, the great motivational speaker, known as number one motivational speaker in the world. Les Brown wrote the foreword. The book is called So Happy and Grateful. It's part of a three-part series, So Happy Series. The next, if you're curious, is So Happy and Together. It is So Happy and Rich because, you know, let's face it, money. People want to hear about money. But this book comes out February 5th. The story behind this book is I'm not keeping the profits. That's what no one knows. We've never said it on air. What I've done is I had a core about, how many of y'all is it? Six? Six? Including me. Including me. Six. So what I've done is I'm splitting the profits seven ways. Okay. We're going to try to sell a million copies. Mm -hmm. And Les Brown is going to help promote it. But we're going to split the book because they've been with me for so long. And I couldn't, I wouldn't be nothing without them. So instead of keeping my profits, every book sale gets split between the core of my team. Nice. Yeah. 
And so the book, tell us the name again. So Happy and Grateful. So Happy and Grateful. And what is the book about? The Universal Laws of Happiness and You and How You Fit in Them. Okay. And where can I buy this? Everywhere. Because my publicist is awesome. Yeah, everywhere. Barnes & Noble, Amazon, all the usual suspects? Yes, sir. All the usual suspects. All the usual suspects. Mom and pop bookstores, if they still exist. You know, if you want to travel out to Pluto, we'll find a way to get it out there in that bookstore in Pluto. You know, it's not a planet no more, though. Well, Antonio, Grace, Deanna, thank you so much for being on the show today. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, Listeners, please go to the ATSJR.com for more information about them. I also know you guys are big on social media. So if you go to Facebook, the ATS Junior. That's it. It's just it. All right. Facebook.com slash the ATSJR. And that'll get you to them too. For the show, please go to the nextlevelshow.com or you can find us on social media and podcast and YouTube at the next level show be back next week with another great guest we're walking around here it's pretty good almost 300 top one percenters uh, real estate investors nba wives no let me just take you around here let me just show you that excuse me getting ready to do a great keynote and it's amazing up in here there's the master. There she is. Yes, yes. There she is. There she is. Yes, yes. There it is. Listen, it's crazy. Look at it. Check it out. I want to give you a message first. I want you to stop paying attention to people that are never going to buy from you. You got to do that. If I can tell you nothing, I urge you, I beseech thee. These, this, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, listen, you want to stop paying attention to people that are not your customer. Let me show you something real quick. There's this young man right here. How you know doing? him. It's Darrell Fresh Tech oh, yeah. Solutions. Oh, yeah. The number one mobile app and artificial intelligence company. This is got, you know what, tell him something, man. Hey, man, we just trying to, trying to bring tech to you. There it is. I like that. That was hot. Hey, that was hot. Oh, yeah. I have to, uh, yeah. Brand that was really good, yeah. <laughs> we try to bring tech to you. Honestly, it's about, I mean, it's, it's getting, it's NBA wives in here. It's getting real tough. So I show over my head. We ain't even got started yet. We just in a meet and greet, getting it in. There's some folk, look, they, they lining up. Let me see if I can show you. Turn this thing around. I mean, they lining up. That's outside. You understand? Here it is. We're getting ready. The top one percenters, they out here. They're doing great things. Now, get all that for a second. Let me holler at you. I want to tell you to stop spending so much time on people who would never buy from you. And I really, really hope that you hear me say this. I really, really hope you hear me say this. Stop spending time on people who will never buy from you. They are hurting you. You're so concerned about how you're going to respond to them that you're not responding to your customers. Stop spending time with people and by people and for people. So what they don't support you? So what they're talking about you? They're never going to buy from you anyway. And I made, I crossed into the top 1% of income earners when I stop chasing people who don't like me, stop that. Do yourself a favor. Short message before I get it. Come back. I'm, I'm actually going to do this keynote live. 
today I'm talking about the top four things that you're doing that's not making you rich. So if you ain't rich, you're doing these four things. That's what I'm talking about. The top four things that's stopping you from getting rich. But I'm telling you, I want you to look at this, listen. Stop spending time with people that don't like you and ain't gonna buy from you. The people you trying to prove wrong, they're not gonna buy from you. They're not your customer, they're not gonna buy from you. I got, can I get real? I probably shouldn't do it, but I'm gonna do it. I got, I got a whole media agency in a county that I live in that got a problem with me but I never respond, I never give them energy. Everybody, if you got this far in the video, I want you to type this down. Stop giving haters energy. Stop. Because it, first off, it would weaken my brand for me to even be associated with them. You don't need every media outlet. You don't need every newspaper. You don't need every blogger. You don't need every mom. You don't need every dad. And some of y'all don't need every spouse. Do, your, do yourself a favor. Hey, I know that guy. Hey, what's up, man? You did all right? This is my buddy. What's going on? Kid, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good to finally meet you. This Deanna. That's Kim. This is who we're going to bring on. Hey, listen, I want to tell you. Stop giving haters your energy. Honestly. Stop giving haters your energy. I just want to, I just want to repeat that over and over. And the reason why you should do that, the reason why you should do that is because every time you give them energy, you forfeit your dreams. Over 300 something people in here. Look, I'm serious. It's, it's NBA wives in here. I mean, let me put y'all in my business real quick. That's serious. Real estate. Real estate. This crowd. First off, pay attention. The crowd don't even look like me. Don't get it twisted. Look at that. Look at that. Don't get it twisted. But if you if you keep if you keep paying attention to people that don't like you, if you keep paying attention to people that ain't go buy from you, and you can't show up in a place like this. We on Westheimer. You know somebody Houston? We on Westheimer. Stop paying attention to people that ain't go buy from you. Stop it. There's 11 of us. Uh, we have very limited resources growing up, but my parents are phenomenal. They did a, the most amazing job they could have done with the resources and the time and the era that we grew up in. We faced a lot of challenges. We faced a lot of hardship. We often were homeless without food uh, and shelter. So when I heard this next guest speaker's story, I could definitely resonate with, with it. We both faced obstacles. However, we did not let those obstacles define our Sorry, guys, my papers are folded and I'm trying to read them. I'm <laughs> trying to do my presentation. We did not let our um, those obstacles define our future or limit our potential. Here to share his story from homelessness to Forbes magazine 2019 business coach, please help me give a big rock star welcome to Antonio T. Smith. All right, everybody, I appreciate you. Am I talking loud enough for you to hear me in the back? Outstanding. How about for you to hear me over here? I can't move much, but I can talk loud. Is that fair? Yes. 
Outstanding, outstanding. I, she wants me to tell my story. I'll do it in 10 seconds. I grew up homeless, CPS custody, was left for dead. Now I'm in the top 1%. Is that fair? All right, now what I want to do is I want to do one thing and one thing only. I want to tell you the top four mistakes that I made so you don't do that. Is that fair again? Now I have a challenge. Here is my challenge. How in the world do you stop 100, 300 top performers from having 100 individual conversations at the same time? Did you hear that? Alright, so let's see. Now, I'm not asking you to be quiet, but if you want to make millions of dollars, you should probably pay attention. Is that fair? Yeah. I want to talk about the top four things that are stopping you from getting rich. Now, right there, turn to your neighbor and tell him, tell him what I just said. That's crowd participation. Go ahead. You can do it. It's all right. It's all right. It's all good. All right. He's got it. Appreciate you. Top four things that are stopping you from getting rich. I want one more exercise. One more exercise. One more exercise. How many of you know what is what percentage is one out of four? Twenty-five. He went to public school. He's got it. Give him a round of applause, please. How? What percentage is two out of four? All right, so I don't have to keep walking you there. You know a little bit about basic math. Is that fair? If you're doing one or four of these things, I can guess how much money you make. It doesn't matter if you're doing well. It doesn't matter if you raise $300 million. Why not $3 billion? Fair enough? Now let's talk for real. Number one, and I believe, what was that? What was it? Chris, you're right there. He actually hit the tail end of it. Number one thing that's stopping you, well, in no particular order, the thing that I'm going to say first that's stopping you from getting filthy rich is you are setting targets far too low and you're hitting them too well. Let's talk a little bit. I'm going to put my weight on it. Here's what I need you to understand. Right now, I'm 37 years old. I haven't had a job since I was 29. Today, I'm on the Forbes Coaching Council, and I'm in the top 1% of all income earners in the whole world. Is that fair? So it probably should tell you that I recognize that I was hitting low targets too doggone well. Who's got that problem? Don't lie. Come on. Don't lie. I'm here for 30 minutes, so you might as well get with me. It ain't going to get no better than this. Is that fair? Here's what's happening. Some of you are winning around losers and you're calling it winning. And it doesn't matter how professional you are. You have decided to compare yourself to people who can't win the Olympics. See, it's possible that I can beat you in running. But it don't make no sense for me to try to beat you in running and then try to be the world's best runner if I'm not running with Hussein Bolt. Is that fair? Some of you are hitting targets far too low and far too well. Let's open it up and let's talk about it. You're doing real estate. You did 100 million this year. Good for you. Can you help more people doing 1 billion next year? You cannot help people staying at the same level. Here's what is not growth. 
making the same money this year you made last year. Do not fool yourself. Just because you are doing well does not mean you are doing better. Everyone repeat after me. Do not confuse getting better with desired results. You gotta have a long, hard talk with yourself because the self-awareness is a superpower. I need you to get that today I was at iHeart Media headquarters at 1030 this morning talking about something similar to a bunch of similar high performers and all of them had the same doggone problems. You hit targets because you set them too low. If you are hitting targets, that's a problem. Stop setting goals. See, I'm going against your teaching. But if everybody is teaching setting goals, you probably shouldn't be doing it. It don't make no sense. If everyone is teaching the same thing, it's not new information. And neither is it the information that the people who controlling the income are actually doing. No more setting goals, set defining moments. You set something so big that if you get it, it would define your entire legacy. And on the way there, you will set goals to get there. It is equivalent to a young man growing up in the hood. Now, I know y'all don't know what that means. <laughs> but if you don't know what the hood means, it is a urban place where Gehetto people reside. <laughs> and in the hood, there's a young man that wants to be a medical, no, a, a neurologist. He wants to be a surgeon of the brain. What he is now doing is setting a defining goal because surgeons don't normally come out the hood. Therefore, setting that goal stops him from smoking weed with his friends. It stops him from riding in the car with people that have the wrong things in their possession. That's not a goal. His defining moment is steering him in the right place. Some of you do not have a defining moment for this year. You got you a little meander goal, and you're hitting it. And you're doing a 100% good job hitting something unworthy of you. And it's not working, and you need to stop doing it. Is that fair? One more example, and then I'll move on and stop stepping on your throat like this. What you need to understand is that hitting your goals is a problem. You already going hit them anyway, or you're going to lose and not hit them anyway, you might as well go for the whole Pluto and then find yourself somewhere in the galaxy you don't know nothing about. Stop listening to cliches that are ruining your business and your income. It don't make sense to shoot for the stars and then fall on the moon or something like that. You heard that before, haven't you? Please tell me, anybody who has ever seen a star, do we have a photograph of it? Has anybody landed on the star? That's because it's a lot further than the moon. As a matter of fact, they're light years away from what we even understand as common science. But here you are trying to land on the moon when stars are further away. I like stars. I ain't got time for the moon. <laughs> Don't tell me the sky's the limit when I can see stars. Fair enough? The second thing holding you back, the second thing stopping you from becoming rich, and this is the one 
everybody in this room will almost struggle from. Now, if number one hit you, if you do number one just a little bit, you keeping yourself from the top 1%. Number two, you are underestimating how much it costs for your idea or product to catch on. I'm finna start talking now. Let me, anybody who wanna give me some energy and pay attention, you'll be much appreciated right now. You have a great idea. Who's a real estate agent? Real estate agents? I mean, okay, I got real estate agents over there. Guess what, real estate agents? You're gonna have to, you, you're underestimating, in most cases, how much money your product or idea is gonna take for it to catch on. Now you're gonna listen, well they've been selling houses. Christopher Columbus was out here getting the houses. They, they've been, cavemen was in the houses, I understand. But they don't trust you to sell them a house. Did you see what I just did there? Just because you are in the area, or just because your idea works, doesn't mean people trust you enough to buy it from you. And it costs money to make people think, oh, you know what? Maybe I should get that house from Thorea. It costs money. How many of you are entrepreneurs? Entrepreneurs? Entrepreneurs. You have a product. Now, if you got, if you don't have a product, you, you can't be, you need three things to be a millionaire. I, I didn't even want to say this, but I think I have to. Three things to be a millionaire. Three things only. You need a product. You need to serve people. You need to master business systems. That's it. Three things. That's all you need. You need to absolutely stop underestimating how much money it's going to cost to get to your goal. And for you to understand, people ain't trusting you. you I, I got these degrees, but allow me that colloquialism. People ain't trusting you. Because it's not cool to trust you. Jonah Berger, in his book, Contagious, he writes about why ideas catch on. And one of these ideas is the first one, he calls it social currency. Social currency means I'm not sharing your product, neither am I liking your status because it don't make me look cool. And all of you are doing it to someone else and you're suffering from that same thing right now. How many of you have family? That's everybody, right? How many of you have family that don't support what you're doing? That should be every last dog on one of you. And you know, you know I'm right about it. You know why they don't support you? Because it's not cool for them to support you. You were either the black sheep because you were an entrepreneur, or what happened is you violated the family agreement. Now all of a sudden, Darrell want to do better than me. That's my little brother. How dare him start outshining me? And when that happens, you run into a customer problem. Now you have to convince someone it's cool to buy from me. Who here has heard of Grant Cardone? Pretty socially current, right? And if Grant Cardone posts something, it's gonna make you look cool to share it. Is that not right? Now who of you know Felipe Mendez? I just made the name up. I don't even know how you know that guy. You really? I literally made the name up. I really, really, literally did. But that's good, I'm glad you know him. You know everybody. If they know you, they'll follow you. If they trust you, they will buy from you. And it takes money to get people to think that you're cool enough to buy from. Now, excuse me just for a moment. I know you haven't noticed, but I'm a black guy. I know y'all haven't noticed. I know you haven't noticed whatsoever. You haven't noticed that I'm of the African-American descent. So let me just talk to people who are chocolatey like me just for a moment. 
the reason why you cannot sell past out of poverty is because with our people, I'm gonna get real, with our people, the moment I buy from you, it's not cool no more. Social currency. I just showed you classism, and I also showed you why people are not buying from you. And if you want to get rich, you must master being socially current. It don't have to be good news. It can be bad news. If Donald Trump right now, you can be red or blue, I don't care. I'm a capitalist. I don't care what party you are affiliated with. If Donald Trump was to cuss somebody out right now, it will go viral. You know why? Because it would be cool to talk about it. If you hate him, it's going to be cool for you to be the first person to share it on your timeline. If you love them, it's going to be cool to be the first person to share on your timeline. The question is, how in the world do you become cool with your customers? People who master money understand that you must be socially current and it costs enough money to get your idea to catch on. In truth, you got you a fantastic idea. What's your name? Sean. Sean has a fantastic idea. It's probably gonna cost Sean $1.2 million to convince people that he is the one to be qualified to sell this idea. Number one, you need to understand that you're setting targets too low. Number two, you're underestimating how much money it costs for people to buy into you as an entrepreneur. How much money it costs for people to actually buy from you. My favorite, and if you're not understanding this, maybe you will. My favorite is you are competing. If you find your, how many of you have competition? You sh I, it was a trick question. None of you got competition. None of you have competition. Let me, let me, you have no competition. If you don't know me, that's my fault. That's okay, my marketing budget is pretty big. You'll know me in a little bit. There is no competition for me. I dominate my entire field, period. Since you are competing, you are not dominating. And that is why you are not rich. What you want to do is you want every, what do you sell, sir? IT services. Anytime somebody mentions I or T, you want them to think of Sean. It, he said they did, they do. How many of you have IT companies in here? Right now. You've got one. You got one. Y'all they're the only two smart people in the building. Everyone else, we just use their products. That's cool. Good job. This is a great market for you. There is no competition unless you are being average. It's the only way not to be rich. Only rich people are dominating their sectors. Is there another Amazon? If you come out with a streaming service, they're gonna say this is the Netflix of. We say Google, do you know how whack the name Google is? None of you would ever start your company and name it Google. I don't even know where they came up with it. I don't know if they used a lexicon. I don't know what they did, but Google doesn't make sense to me. But now it's a household name because they dominate. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of y'all don't even like Facebook, but you still own it because it's too big to avoid. 
come on, I wish I had somebody that's going to be real with me. You understand, you're rather LinkedIn because they see us over there. You're making money on LinkedIn, but you still got to do that Facebook stuff because Facebook is dominating. Stop being in competition. Do yourself a favor and completely market your corner. And if your goals in this year is not about dominating your field, you are wrong. And since you were wrong, you're violating one, two, and three that I've already brought up so far. If you're not dominating, you're setting goals far too low. If you're not dominating, your marketing budget sucks. It does. Who in here has a marketing budget over $10,000 a month? Marketing budget over $10,000 a month. You, which, which, what is it? It's $10,000 a month? Come on, come, come on up here. You say close. Come on up here real quick. Y'all come look at this sexy chocolate brother right here. He's good enough to have about $10,000 a month on marketing. Are you single? Divorced. He's divorced. All right. Ladies, if you are also divorced, I'm selling him off. The bid starts at $200. $200 a month. No, appreciate you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Two hundred dollars. Do I need to go? Two hundred dollars. All right, two hundred dollars. You got it. I got the first bid. It's sold. It's sold. It's sold. Get his phone number when I'm done with this keynote. So I, I shouldn't go higher than ten thousand. No. Anybody at twenty thousand? So I need to go lower. Five thousand a month. Do you understand? Are, are you seeing the pattern here? Number one rule of business. The number one rule of business is, and it's not, in fact, business is not fair. Repeat after me if you're paying attention. Business is not fair. Business is not made for the little person. It's not. Please know capitalism does not care about your feelings. It doesn't care about if your mama was single and she raised you. Neither does it care if you can't get a break. Capitalism has one rule and one rule only. He who spends the most for a customer wins. That's never going to change. It is, it is never going to change. And if you're not spending more money than me, I'm putting you out of business. Period. Who in here is a motivational speaker of some form? Motivational speakers. Raise up your hand, motivational, transformational, anything like that you want to call it. One, two, got a couple of them. My current speaker fee is in the high five figures. My, yes, my current speaker fee is more than most yearly salaries and people pay it because I dominate my field. I'm not trying to motivate you. If you need motivation, you're in the wrong business. If I have to motivate you, you need to go somewhere where you don't need to be motivated. I am attempting to give you the tools to transform your dollar amount in your bank account. You can get motivation on YouTube. Right now, let's me and you give you the tools. And if you're not dominating, you're losing. You must dominate. We still say Kleenex, don't we? But we don't mean Kleenex. They dominate. Now, while dom if let's say you are dominating, you gotta still be listening to the customer. That's what was wrong with Toys R Us. 
Kodak. Remember, going to get your your photos less done in 24 hours. Remember calling long distance. How many of you remember? Hey man, call me back after seven when my minutes are free. You know what I'm saying? You have to constantly be changing and, and staying disruptive. If you doing what worked this year and you carry it into next year, I'm going to beat you. There is someone like me that cannot wait to take your money. Please know, every time, when I go home, I am going to take out my phone, pull out my notes app, which is my favorite app, because it's got millions of dollars of ideas on there, and I'm going to try to figure out who I named, who I met, and how can I work with you, or how can I make you my customer. And if you don't want to work with me, I'm sorry, if you're in my field, you got to be my customer. Do you go home and do the same thing? Because he who spends the most money on a customer wins. The trick is to get that money for a customer down as much as possible so you can spend to infinity. My current customer acquisition cost is 14 cents. It costs 14 cents to bring a new customer into my business. My email list is 2.4 million people big. How many of you have an email list and you use it every day? Now imagine what you can do with 2.4 million emails. Every single day, I am going out to acquire a customer. Don't let people tell you customer satisfaction is the most important thing. If you're going to get customers, you're automatically doing customer satisfaction. If you focus on saving money, you're going to cut back and diminish your quality. Make sure you are dominating your field. The last thing I want to tell you is the most important thing I want to tell you. That whatever you're doing, the reason you're not rich is because you haven't come to grips with the fact it's the worst thing that ever happened to you in your life. Stay with me, I'll build it. The dream you have right now is the worst thing that ever happened to you in your life and you know it. How many of you started entrepreneur and now you're going through a divorce? I'll raise my hand first. You, you understand? It is crazy to date an entrepreneur. It don't make no sense to date us because all we doing is trying to get some more money and check that last email. We ain't spending no time with you. You know how it is. I wish I had some real entrepreneurs. Man, you work too much. When you coming home, I, I wish I had some of them people. The thing that gives you the most pleasure is also the thing that's the worst thing in your life. And you have to deal with both. Successful entrepreneurs have the toughest skin on planet Earth. The people who are making the most money can take the most pain. If you can't take, when you post a status, and somebody gonna talk about you, go lay down, cause this isn't for you. If you can't stand in front of a room, do a keynote and have somebody say, well, I ain't like him too much. You can't handle this. If you want everybody to like your status and everybody not to say anything bad about you, this is not the business for you. Go be an employee with Cheryl. You'll do just fine.
But entrepreneurs, you must go through the worst days of your life. And you have to accept the thing you love hurts you the most. And in metaphysics, they call it the law of opposites. In order for you to enjoy what you have, you must first hate where you are. I'll break it down even further. How many of you ate when you got here? Yes, you ate something? Some bread, some cheese bread? It was handed out? You ate that? Let me break it down for you. You enjoyed it because you were hungry. If you are currently full right now, no matter how good the food is, you will not enjoy it. You must have the opposite to experience what you truly desire. That's never going to change. That is a universal law of this universe. You cannot enjoy a hot shower if you're not dirty. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't be a mother and comfortably deliver a baby. You must, the mother must almost die for the child to fully live. And in entrepreneurship, the thing you love the most is also the thing that keeps you up the most. And the people who don't get rich are the people who can't handle the pain that comes with entrepreneurship. It's hard. I wish I, I got five more minutes. I'm gonna try to do this as reasonably empathetic. This is the first time I'm gonna show some empathy. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, this ain't easy. It's not easy for you sitting here listening to me. Some of you that already judge for or against, and that's okay. What's not okay is to not take information home that applies to you. And here's what's even worse. It's even worse to go home and you can't even be happy because your significant other doesn't like your current success. I'm talking to somebody and I know I am. There's way too many entrepreneurs in here for me not to be talking. Look, she's saying preach. I'm about to put my weight on it then. I know I'm talking to somebody. How many of you fully understand that you are with someone that does not support the most important thing in your life? And if you can't handle that, you will not be rich. Every successful list that tells you the 21 things, the 32 things to be successful, all start off with the spouse. Every last one of them. Take out of relationships. If you can't handle being broke, you do not deserve to be rich. That is not going to change. Until you come to grips with, until you musty, you won't put on deodorant. This is just practical. It's just practical. Until your business fails, you won't fix the holes of your foundation to make it work. And if you don't get that the, the worst thing in your life is also the best thing in your life, you will quit. You will not make it past this year. You will run out of capital. It will not work for you. If you do not just hone in on the fact that this is gonna be rough, it ain't gonna work out all the time. 
You're going to wake up at 3 in the morning wishing you did more and you did everything you possibly could. You're going to get into some really stupid arguments with coworkers. It's not going to be fair. Your bank account going to be real disrespectful on some days. Them, them pluses going to turn into some negatives. Somebody ain't paying their net 30. I wish I had somebody that bill people. You understand? I don't even know too many customers that pay their bills on time. Net 30 is really net 45. And if you can't deal with that, he said 60. <laughs> In the tech world, it's net 60. You right, too. Please get. These are the top four things that stop you from being rich. Thing number one, you hit targets is way too low. Thing number two, you haven't processed. You just haven't processed. It costs a lot more money to make people understand you are the woman. You are the man. And you have to spend that money for them to understand that. The, the thing number three is stop competing, dominate. And thing number four, this will be the worst slash best thing of your life. And if you can't handle that, you shouldn't be in business. Last thing I want to say, if you like anything I said, I didn't come here to sell you nothing. I have 160 hours of business, sales, and marketing training. Just to give, you don't even want to know the dollar amount I've already done this year. I want to say that. Just know I'm giving it away for free. Get, go get with Therea if she has your email address. Or get with my publicist standing in front of me with the camera all weird. Or get with that lady right there, my happiness director. And you can get it for free. No strings attached. I'm not bothering you. I've already made my money for January. I am attempting to give you some money. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plant better. You can dominate. Thank you very much. I'm not sure if you already know this, but you're already absolutely perfect. You're already absolutely great. And you're already living in massive abundance. The most important things that you have is not what you have. It's not what you do. It's what you know. Because the people who do know what you need to know to leave the middle class, they're in the top 1%. And they control 96% of the world's income. 97% of this world is trading time for money, and that is not the way to become rich, it's not the way to become wealthy, and it is absolutely not the way to leave the middle class. There are 7.8 billion people in the world right now, and they all wanna learn how to make money and how to leave the middle class. But the way to become a master at anything is to learn all the rules and then bend them to your favor. Right now in this world, there are 2,057 billionaires, right now. So if you think becoming a billionaire is, a, is impossible, that's 2,057 people that have already proved that impossibility incorrect. And if you think that's crazy, there are 46.8 million millionaires in the world, worldwide right now. Now think about that. 46.8 million millionaires, and that number grows 1,730 millionaires every single day. Money is everywhere. You don't need to max out your credit cards. You don't need to borrow from granddad and grandma. Just look behind me. Look at all the wealth sitting behind me in this junkyard. It's insane how much money is everywhere, and you don't need to go out there and beg, bar, and steal to get it. You just need to know the rules of making money and how to leave the middle class. Essentially, all you need to know is the algorithm of making money, the rules of making money. All you need to know is what to do and how to do it, and you can leave the middle class. Any industry, yoga, golf, 
underwater basket weaving, clipping fingernails, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is know how to do it, how to get it done, and then find somebody to teach you how to do it, how to get it done, and you will be able to leave the middle class. If you're not getting my point, it's real simple. Whatever you have up here, as long as you understand the rules of leaving the middle class, as long as you understand how to get money, you can take what's up here and get wealthy from what you already have. Right now, the very thing you know up here is already being searched a thousand times a second on Google. Someone right now, actually 1,730 people right now, are gonna become a millionaire from the stuff that you have in your head. Why can't this be you? I mean, it's 1,730 people with your ideas that are no better than you, that are gonna leave the middle class, become a millionaire. Why are you not next? So how do we do this? How do we take what you know and apply it to objective money-making secrets and then allow you to leave the middle class? How do we take you from where you are and let you escape to where you wanna go? So how do we make all this money or take all this knowledge from the Warren Buffers, from the Elon Musk, how do we take everything that everyone before you has done and how do we take all of that and then put it in your head so you can leave a legacy for your family. My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. 32 years ago, I lived in a trash can. That's right, from six to 14, I had no running water, no electricity, no anything, and somehow I'm in the top 1% today. Not because I had the right background, not because I had a silver spoon in my mouth, simply because being homeless made me learn how to make money. I retired when I was 29 years old. I'm more than likely younger than you. I'm one of the top 1% income earners in one of the richest countries in the world. What I learned how to do when I was six years old was learn how to generate enough money to eat some cookies so I wouldn't die to death from starvation. From there, I learned how to go from cookies to a meal from a meal to clothes, to clothes, to shelter, to everything else that supplied my necessary needs. When I was six, I was forced to learn how to make money. And now that's what I'm gonna do and help you do. I've seen amazing results. I have my own economy. I've homeschooled my own children. And I wrote a book that teaches you every single thing that I know about making money, every single thing that other people know about making money, and most importantly, all the stuff that we don't tell you. Because the truth is, and you know it like I know it, the most honest, the most hardworking, unselfish people on planet Earth live in the middle class. Yet, your honesty, your unselfishness, your devout religion going self is not enough to get to the top 1% and that's not fair. The second half of my life has been not about how much money I make, but how I will be remembered from all the money that I have made. And I've been trying to teach everybody how to get out the middle class. I'm the crazy guy famous on the internet for trying to create 100,000 millionaires. I've created eight so far. I got a ninth one on the way, all the way from India. That's pretty cool. And what I want to tell you is something very simple. It's been hard. It's been absolutely hard to help people leave the middle class, not because of the people, because the system would rather keep you being someone else's money instead of you having your own economy and having the money come find and flow to you. It was frustrating because I knew that anybody can make money. And if you knew what I knew, you would change your life. Over the last few years, I've built a large following of over 
half a million people every month that pay me to actually, for me, to give them advice. Well, that's been exciting for me. And the cool thing is, I've created thousands of six-figure earners. I've created millionaires. I've created people who can live their dreams and hold on to their legacies. And now my eyes are on you to create you to what you need to be great. I have been teaching my principles and these principles to hundreds of thousands of people around the world, every country, all continents, and anyone who has taken them seriously, written them down and applied them, have a 100% success rate of leaving the middle class. I've taught these secrets to my following and my inner network, and I've watched them go from four figures to five figures, five figures to six figures, seven figures all the way to eight. Everything that I've ever learned, everything I've ever learned from millionaire mentors, billionaire mentors, and everything I learned from being homeless, and everything that got me into the top 1%, I have placed inside of a book. To date, it is the longest book that I've ever written, the most best book that I've ever written, and that book is called The Richest Man and the Trash Can, and I'm offering it to you today for free. This book is gonna show you how to become wealthy into the top 1% and leave the middle class. This book is gonna give you a step-by-step -step plan if you're 30 years old, all the way to 70 years old, how to get into the top 1%. If you're a teenager, how to get to the top 1%. If you're a millennial, how to get to the top 1%. It's gonna teach you how to make six figures immediately, teach you how to get to a million dollars immediately, and all that good stuff. Plus, I'm gonna give you the 36 objective laws of leaving the middle class. Plus, I'm gonna give you every last one of my secrets that have made me rich. You have to understand that leaving the middle class is the most important fight that you're gonna have in your life. And to be honest with you, it, you can kind of relate to this. It almost takes $450,000 a year just to be broke in America. And that's just in America. If you don't leave the middle class, which is actually an illusion, then you are gonna have a really hard time. Think about it for a second. Some of, most of you are gonna be watching this are gonna be baby boomers. And you've been sold a bad check. They lied to you. Your retirement was not enough for you to live comfortable. And I'm gonna give you this book for free so you can figure out how to triple your retirement and then quadruple your retirement. And then as Grant Cardone would say, 10X your retirement so you can live the life that's worthy of you. I want you to remember that leaving the middle class is the most important battle that you could ever face in your entire life, especially for your family. So consider this video, this book, your friendly tap on the shoulder. I wanna send you a free copy of this book because I believe that abundance is your birthright. I believe that abundance is freedom. And I believe that this book is right for you. In fact, I believe in that so much that I will send you the book for free. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. I'll eat the cost, I'll take the loss. And all you have to do is get the book and dominate your reality right now and apply the principles so you can be the best person for your life that is yours. Fill out the form sitting right there to the right. Go ahead, dominate your reality. I can't wait to send you my book. I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to have you as someone that's been on the journey with me. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plan better. You can dominate. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world, not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 
48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions. $22 an hour. Paid training. And I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True. But it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter. And that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter. R E C R U I T E R ZipRecruiter dot com slash B to B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter dot com slash B to B. It's also in the show notes.